0: All right, and welcome back to your weekly episode of the Buckbuster Poster Podcast, where we talk about anything and everything hockey. I'm Ethan, followed by my co-hosts. Woo! Howdy! League 13, baby, let's welcome go. 14.
1: 14. This is 14? This is
0: 14. I thought it was 13. <clears throat> no, because 13, I wasn't here for 13. Oh,
2: okay, that's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. I guess you could say that's bad luck. Um, 28 seconds in. All right, that's, <laughs> good start, that's Bobo. A good start. Good start.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I guess let's bring good luck back, Bobo. Uh talk about major milestones. All uh, right. Tonight, the night of recording, Saturday the tw- uh, 17th, Patrick Marlowe will tie Gordy Howe for most games played in league history at uh, 1767. Obviously the day the this this episode will drop Monday morning will be the day of uh, uh, NHL it's record, his record-breaking game, yeah. Yeah, 1768. So I mean, congrats to Patty Marlow for obviously a tremendous career. Obviously, I wish he'd be uh, you know, he'd have he's a couple of belts under his, uh, yeah. a couple of cups under his belts. Yeah. But closest
3: was was the 2016, wasn't it? Yeah, against
1: uh, when when the Sharks fell short to Pittsburgh, but
4: so definitely gonna go down as one of the greatest players of all time. Did not get a Stanley
1: Cup. Assuming that San Jose doesn't get a a cup where he doesn't get traded to a team who's a comp I mean, uh, a cup he's, center.
4: he's what thirty eight. He's getting. He's up there.
1: He was drafted in ninety seven.
4: Ninety seven. Yeah. So he's he doesn't he's, have a lot of time left. No. Maybe a year or two if he gets traded in the offseason again somewhere. Who knows. And,
1: oh. and unless mm. if he's like Yager and continues to play into his freaking fifties, but.
0: But Yager's also not playing for the NHL though. He's still over in Russia. Well, regardless, I mean, R- he's still
2: playing hockey. Right. Just not right. With the NHL. And you know
0: he's and he's still phenomenal.
1: He, yeah, don't, not not taking anything away from Yager, he's, a, he's well, a hell of a player.
2: So. If you can put him with like your top three teams, who could you see him with if you would get traded? Marlowe. Yeah, Patrick Marlowe. Um,
4: well, he just went back to the Sharks. Just well, coming back well, from Toronto, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Oh, that's right, that's right. I forgot he played with Pittsburgh first yeah, time games, for yeah, not many games, like so. half, like ten games because of COVID. But
0: I wonder. Honestly, and this might be a little bit redundant due to just strictly salary cap. But I'd like to see him in Tampa Bay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're I think
4: right. I could. I wouldn't mind seeing him, I say in Chicago, put him next to either Patrick Kane or, I mean, Johnny Taze, or you throw him on, like, second or third line.
1: Yeah. Personally, I don't see him fitting in the system with either Shytown or Tampa. I, I uh, see him fitting more in a, a team like Edmonton. Because, you know, they really don't, like, there. there is a, a significant drop off between, you know, Leon and Connor. So they they need uh, a another oh not another but they need a, a veteran player like Marlowe to kind of fill in and help, kind of, lead that that young team.
4: I can see yeah. Now that you, now that you say that yeah. Yeah.
1: I I think Edmonton will definitely be the best potential and destination. They don't
4: count playoffs towards games played, do they?
0: Mm, I don't think so. No, I don't think so.
4: Yes. Yes. They do count. Oh, they do. Yeah, because they
1: that's. Obviously, how Sid and Owe got to a thousand pretty darn fast. Because if okay. they just hit the seasons, they they'd still be under a thousand.
0: They'd uh, still be pretty well yeah, under a thousand.
4: It's like, no offense, yeah, I'd say no. I'm not mean to say no offense. We throw shade every single episode. The Sharks aren't making the playoffs this year. Like that's no, that's pretty no. pretty obvious. I would have like, li- I don't I don't, see, I don't think he's going to break. I would have liked to have seen season. them,
0: and I personally would have liked to have seen them make at least the first round.
4: Yeah.
0: Or the, I'd say. I'd say they get dropped off second round if they were to have made it. I, I'd i say they'd get past yeah. the first round. They wouldn't make it past the second. Well, look looking at second the... Second round,
4: dro- losing to probably like either St. Louis or Vegas. Yeah,
1: I was going to say, looking at the division, it's a tough division. I mean, top four are uh, Arizona, Vegas,
0: Minnesota, and St. Louis. No, no order. Minnesota. But. Minnesota is doing surprisingly well this season
4: They are, yeah I did not expect them to They're what, second? Or third in the division? Third
0: They're third third Third. behind Vegas Who's number two And St. Louis Who's number one
1: So
4: No, uh, Avs are first Avs are first, yeah Yeah. So then that would put the Blues in fourth Okay
1: Oh yeah, you're you're right Okay It's uh, Avs, Vegas, Minnesota St. Louis in that order Or Arizona Because they just won their game Okay So
4: Yeah, Patrick Marlowe, man He said, I don't think All of a sudden I'm not going to break the 1800 mark this season But Definitely early ne-
1: mid season next season. He, oh yeah, break games. Assuming that he doesn't get hurt or, or retire does,
2: or retire. Yeah. Well, if he would ha- if he would get injured, do you think he would retire and you would just wrap it up? If you assume, a... well, it depends that... how
4: bad it is.
2: What Jeffy said. If it's just like
4: a little ankle twist or like ankle sprain, he's gonna be like,
2: two like, games. Like if he's a day to day lower body injury. Thing,
4: but if it's like a concussion or like a broken arm, he's yeah he's
2: yeah. probably gonna just. Because I was kind of thinking about that. Yeah. I was like. Well, you guys were saying if he doesn't break 1800, and then Colin brought up the point about him retiring, and it cu- I I kind of got a thought, which doesn't happen a lot. I know. <laughs> At least <laughs> but, you didn't. It's fine. But <laughs> it was one of those things, and I was like, you know, if it would if so, like if he would go week to week, you'd say he'd retire. But if w- it was day to day, he would just suck it up and keep playing. Yeah. But if yeah. it was
4: like a like a concussion or a, I'll, some, I'll a fucking sure broken say. foot, he'd be. I think he'd.
2: I, I mean, concussions, depending. Concussions can be day to day, week to week. It just depends yeah. how hard you get hit. Yeah. Because you have some players that get you know fucking rocked against the boards and they see stars for weeks, and then you get a player who you know gets a little push and something happens and two days later they're good to go. Yeah. All
4: <clears throat> right, moving on to some more big milestones. Jeffy you know has with you here. Um, Nicholas Backstrom get with um gets his 1,000 game against Buffalo. and earlier this week that's right yeah. congratulations to nick backstrom i thought I, t- I didn't think he'd play that many games but well, he drafted
3: 2006, seven, six seven because he was Google. he was a year
2: no, out the... he was he was a year after uh stall which is 06.
3: okay, okay. So, i knew it was 06 or 07
2: backstrom reminds me of one of those players who he's not one of the big shots but he's not like because boss. he's
4: overshadowed by yes. Ovechkin.
2: Yes, he he's more of a considered of a playmaker just because yes. of yep. his yeah. and that's but- kind of you know like I you know like I just said he's not, he like he's definitely overshadowed. He's not one of those top tier players like a Ovechkin or a Crosby or a big name like that. But he's definitely not someone who's you know, sitting at the bottom of the barrel just waiting for his chance. So he's well, just one of those,
4: like, he's mm-hmm. overshadowed by Ovechkin. Everybody, that, oh, Ovechkin, greatest goal score of all time. No, 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 he's such a good player. Who's the one feeding him the pucks?
1: Well, I mean, I know, that the first, first time... No, chunk no of th-
4: hate to Ovechkin. Sorry to cut you up there, Colin, but, yeah. No, it's fine. Um, no, no hate to Ovechkin whatsoever. Oh, Actually, 2004. Was in a four. Oh, Holy 4. Uh, but, no, four. I mean,
1: I, I think the first chunk of this, yeah. the 2021 season... I think he is the capital's goal, uh, goal scorer either. Until Ovechkin passes him, but it's still, I think he's the number two or number three goal scorer in, in D.C. there. So, yeah.
4: um, speak,
1: the <clears throat> Speaking of Ovechkin, um, he uh, with his two power play goals today, he moves solely to number six, one goal behind Miche- uh, Marcel Dion for fifth all-time in the NHL history. Wow. For, goals. Her, for, goal, for goals. For goals. For goals. So, so if he if he scores two in this his next game, he ultimately moves up to number five behind Brett Hall, which he's at seven twenty-one. Uh, so he can
3: possibly do it tomorrow. He'll, since yeah.
2: They have well, yeah, He'll
1: he'll easily be top four by the end of the season. It just. Do you think uh, he'll,
2: be, he'll be in that top three seed, or do you think he's going to retire before then?
1: No, he he's not going to retire. He beats Wayne Gretzky. He, he, he has said, said that he's, he's not leaving until he. Like he has he Gretzky. does he doesn't care who. Like, how many career did Gretzky have? Uh, eight ninety-four. Eight ninety-four.
4: Okay. So, so he's still got what about 140.
1: Yeah. So he he still has to have play at least three more seasons. I know he said he doesn't care which which team he plays for
2: as long as he beats Gretzky's record, which he's in well well in pace for the next three I mean, seasons. Yeah. Hey, you know, honestly, good for him. Yeah. It's one of those things where he's one of the, he's probably one of the most determined hockey players I watch. Yeah. For sure. He's just he's you know he just has his. Freaking teeth to the he has his teeth to the grindstone until he gets it out of there as as much <laughs> as I
1: I, I hate I hate the guy on the ice I mean he's a damn good player yeah, I mean, he like, us I,
4: being born and raised penguins fans just being biased towards yeah. hating him just yeah. be, being told that we're supposed to hate him just being yeah. penguins fans well, you, you, you gotta have nothing yeah. but respect for how great the player is oh yeah oh,
3: yeah, yeah absolutely. A, I have a lot of respect for OB.
2: Anyway, on or off the ice. Yeah,
0: he, he's, I w- he's definitely Hall of Fame material, oh, easily. Oh, that's, well, like, that's no not, not even a question. I
2: actually heard it today. I was watching the Flyers-Capitals game, and they said that Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin are officially going to the Hall of Fame. It's not... I mean, it's... Not officially, but... It's, but, it's, um, when, it's when, very, when oh, very close time. to a guaranteed smile.
4: Mm. Like, two two of the greatest players of our generation. I mean, definitely the top two best players of our generation. Connor McDavid will be soon to make that top three, even eventually when those two retire, he probably will be the best player of our generation. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, any other milestones, Jeffy? Uh, um, or... I
3: don't have much mild, more milestones, but I at least have, like, injury, some in, big injuries. Um,
1: Which, uh, I think Nathan has this for yeah. for the injuries, right? Sure yeah. do. And... Huh?
3: The other, really, the only big thing is um, Adam Lowry signs a five year
4: 16.25 million with the Jets.
2: Jeez.
1: Well, he's one. He's the number two settlement, I yeah. think. Yeah. So. Yeah. Adam I've
4: Lowry, man. He's, he's definitely a good player. Very, I say he's pretty underrated, honestly.
1: Mm-hmm. De- definitely a good depth individual. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. That's that's still a big chunk so of change. You know, Six- he's locked
4: yeah. up. <laughs> five year 16 mil, average of about a little over 3 million a year. That's. Yeah.
1: That's uh four points three something a year. That's probably yeah. more than
4: all five of us here will make combined in our lifetime. <laughs> yeah. But man, that's, that's impressive.
0: Yeah.
1: Alright, and moving on to injuries this this week is uh Ethan.
0: Yeah, so we know unfortunately about the uh, situation with Colorado and most of our team being out for COVID nineteen. As well as Vancouver. And Vancouver. Um, yeah, we got some uh, big injuries. One of the bigger ones being, now. this was an older injury, but we knew that he's out for the season. Uh, Carter Rowney, uh, from Anaheim is out for the season on a knee injury. Uh, let's see who else we got. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Um, Riley Sheehan of the Buffalo Sabres is currently day-to-day with upper body. And it was just announced, I don't know when it was officially announced, but uh, Jack Eichel will be out for the rest of the season, and same with Jake McCabe.
4: Oh,
0: Kyle, uh, um, Kyle uh, uh, Ocposo? Ocposo. is out for, yeah, he broke his Popped cheekbone. cheekbone. Uh, yeah, Jack Eichel is out with a neck injury, and Jake McCabe out with a knee injury. No, no injuries coming out of Calgary, amazingly. Um... Tuba Taravainen, still on somewhat of a bit of concussion protocol. Uh, And we still have the same four players from Chicago out indefinitely uh, in Zach Smith, Johnny Taves, Alex Nylander, and Brent Seabrook. Uh, Moving, as I said, we knew about the whole avalanche thing with them not playing because of COVID-19, unfortunately. Um Going over to our neighbor state of Ohio, to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Zach Wierenski is out for the season with a hernia.
3: Ooh.
0: Uh, let's see. Uh, and that's an old one. <laughs> they mix these. Uh, Evgeny Svechnikov from the Detroit Red Wings. Well, now, of uh, the formerly of the Red Wings, uh, is in uh, day-to-day status with an upper body in- injury. Uh, let's see. Uh, moving up to Edmonton, Dmitry Kulikov is out on COVID-19 protocol. Um, and that really looks about it. Steven mm-hmm.
3: Steven Stamkos, he's out until, until sometime in May with a lower body. Stamkos, man, he just—he can't
1: catch he a can't break.
4: He can avoid injuries, man. That—that that you know, hurts. I mean, he's—he luckily broke his streak of no cups. So He—he thankfully got one last season. Definitely deserved it. I was really fearing he was gonna be one of the ones like Marlow to go down to never win a cup. You can't quite say that about Marlow yet, but if he continues playing with San Jose, let's be honest, that, it's, yeah, it's not no. gonna
0: happen. No. Um, moving over to the Pittsburgh Penguins, to the more recent ones, we have Frederick Goudreau is in week-to-week status, and same with Brandon Tanev. Uh, both. Uh, Tanev is out till playoffs.
1: At that least, I is... least, at least, the first round of playoffs with lower body. I'm going off of NBC Swords. Oh, but okay. <laughs> um, Well I, I know we can
0: definitely back you up, that. at least fine. one of us can. Um,
4: so we're going to be here for a while.
0: Austin Matthews of uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs is in day-to-day status with an upper body. And, Saint, well, Nick Foligno and Ben Hutton are both out on COVID-19 protocol. You know, you know what really sucks? Nick Fellino played one game with the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> He's now out
1: via covid uh, Oh, oh
0: and their goaltender, the man between the pipes, Mr. Frederick Anderson, is out indefinitely on a lower body injury.
4: He's like, man, I want to go back to America. I <laughs> 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 here, man.
0: Uh, over in Vancouver... Jay Beagle uh, is on injured leave for an undisclosed injury. It says day-to-day status. Uh, Let's see. And ending it off in Washington. Um, Michael Raffle, one of their left-wingers, is in day-to-day status with an upper body injury. So, a lot of indefinites. <laughs> a yeah. lot of indefinites. There's... You
4: a lot of COVID, too. Yeah. an indefinite, take that list. Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
0: That, that hurts. So.
4: All right. Moving in to, moving on to the big topic we have going on for this week. We're going to go back and reflect on our week one predictions for the standings. For how we thought these standings were going to look. Uh, just a quick, do a quick description of how we're gonna do this. We're gonna do it the same way we did it in week one. For those of you that weren't with us in week one, what we did, we went for north, west, central and ended on the east. And how we're gonna do it this time, we're gonna start off with what our original predictions were, and then we're gonna jump into what the current predictions or the current standings look like. So but we'll but we'll do it then Jeffy and then you guys will you'll see how it rolls out well as it rolls out. So Bubba go ahead, what were your week one predictions for the North?
2: Alrighty, I had sitting in number one, I had Edmonton, followed by the Senators, Maple Leafs, Flames, Canadians, Jets, and Canucks at the bottom of the barrel. You were you were a little
4: off there with the, the Senators being. Started. Yeah, <laughs> I
2: know. Because now, current standings for the North, uh are it's or, yeah, uh, the Maple Leafs, the Jets, the Oilers, Canadians, Flames, Canucks, and Senators. Yeah, way off.
4: Yeah, the, the Jets were a lot higher than I, I thought they would be. Yeah, yeah. I didn't expect them to be in
2: second.
3: No. Yeah. Kind of going with mine, because coming in seventh was the Senators, six was the Le- Leafs, five was the Canadians, the Canucks were number four, three, had the Flames, and then number two, the Oilers, and then number one, the Jets.
4: Oh, you have the Jets going first. Yeah. Huh.
0: See, I, I, I honestly would really like to see the Jets at the top of the division. See,
3: I knew they were going to be a contender.
1: <clears> that's, re- so I, Realistically looking at, you know, top three scorers in the league uh, are on the top two divi- uh, teams in the North with, you know, Leon and Connor and Edmonton and then Austin over in Toronto. Oh, yeah, Toronto.
4: Austin and Mitch, basically, yeah. Yeah, in pretty Toronto, much. About it.
1: Yeah, well, I, Austin's number one. Mitch isn't, is like... To lower on, into, yeah. I, I to say think he is. So. The senators, I
3: wasn't really
4: surprised. Yeah, I, don't, I think we all had senators yeah. going at the bottom. The biggest Which reason I
2: think I put senators up so high is because you know they're just one of those teams that you know they grind and they just always end up rock bottom. Yeah, and they're I mean, they're good team they're, on paper.
4: They're,
0: yeah. Just well, they're, that's they're, exactly it. Is it's yeah. a good team on paper, <laughs> but. like
1: oh They
4: got veteran, now kind of veteran goaltender Matt Murray. You know, he's really good and he's shown his true colors now. Not as good as everybody was hoping he's going to be. Not as good as the time in the black and gold. Exactly.
3: Yep, and in Maple Leafs, I'm, I don't know why I had him at the time so low.
4: <laughs> See, my, switch out my switch out, and I'll go through mine real quick. I had, from 7-1, to one, I had Ottawa, Montreal, Vancouver, Winnipeg, Toronto, Calgary, and Edmonton. So pretty much just swip swap out Calgary and Winnipeg and I had my top three yeah. nailed, pretty much. <clears throat> yeah. sh- what, was the top, what was the north looking like again?
2: The North? The Jets from
4: first? Second. No. They're second. Maple the Leafs Jets. jets. Maple Leafs
2: Jets, Oilers. Okay. Habs, Flames, Canucks, Suns. I pretty much had
4: to swap the Canadians
2: for fours instead of. Colin, what was your
4: original North?
1: So going from top to bottom, uh Eppington, Toronto, which off those two, yeah. not surprised. Uh, Calgary, which has been a real disappointment. Uh, Winnipeg, which is not a surpriser. Uh, Montreal, Vancouver, and then the sense, the, yeah. the, the the dumpster fire. Yeah,
4: dumpster I was not f- expecting f- Vancouver to be as low as after the season they had last year. I was not expecting them to be this low. Well,
1: they're also they also have five games in hand because uh, of COVID protocol. Against, oh yeah, yeah. yeah I, Against you know every yeah, other they, team, they could eventually jump this... into
4: fourth or third. And...
1: They've, they've, so got mo- most of their games are against Montreal which is now they they currently hold the number the, the last payoff spot so i mean
0: they, they have a, they have a chance it's just sure. how well will they hold themselves true to it's going to be that's going to be a really interesting little series in itself series of games in itself to see how that pans out so my 7 to 1 i actually had the flames at number 7 jets at number 6 the sens at number 5 canucks 4 Habs at three, a Leafs at two, and the Oilers at one.
4: So that wasn't too bad, honestly, except your bottom three were a little off. but Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Honestly, not too bad, not too bad. Yeah, because the ones I had offered, the Canucks, Flames, and the Maple Leafs.
0: No.
3: My, my, I just had a swap um, Really, just Edmonton, Jets, and the Maple Leafs for the top
1: three. My biggest surprise was Calgary. Yeah. Yeah. They'd, they'd be yeah Maple
3: Leafs were the
4: kind of surprising one for me. Especially after their past two seasons, they've been. Excuse me. I was honestly
2: three. pretty close on the Flames. I had <laughs> them in four, and their fifth. All right, Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> moving right.
4: on over to our original predictions from the
2: West. Alrighty. original predictions for the West. I had the Blues, the Ducks, the Avs, the Knights, Coyotes, Wild, Kings, and Sharks.
4: So not too bad with, other than the Ducks being in second there. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll say we'll save the. Current standings still last this time. Okay. okay. So Jeffy, move on to your original um, predictions. I against? had
3: the Wild at number eight, the Kings at number seven, the Coyotes at six, the Ducks at five, the Sharks at four, the Abs at
4: three, the Blues at second, and the Knights at first. Yeah, my, my West actually isn't as bad as I thought it was. Now that I'm looking at it, from eight to one, I had the Kings, Coyotes, Ducks, Sharks, Wild, Blues. Golden Knights add. So I pretty much nailed the top four and bottom yeah. four just in the wrong order.
1: But. See, I also had the uh, the three California teams at the bottom three. Just reverse, uh, irreversible. Arizona, Minnesota, the Blues, Colorado, and Vegas at the top
0: spot. but okay. yeah. I wasn't too far off. From eight to one, I had the Wild Coyotes, uh, the Ducks... The Avs, the Kings, the Blues, the Sharks, and then, of course, at number one seed,
2: I had Vegas. Alrighty. Uh, current standings from eight to one in the West. The Ducks, Kings, Sharks, Coyotes, Blues in four, Wild in third, followed by the Knights in second, and the Avs taking the crown.
4: The Wilds. <laughs> you had the top four to switch out the Blues and Wild, and I nailed yeah, the top four. To I friend. pretty much
2: had to swap out um, the Sharks. The only, the only reason yeah, you, I had, you guys, so you, all you guys pretty much pretty the wall, well, pretty poorly. The yeah. only reason yeah. I had ducks so high up is because John Gibson's a monster, and yeah. that's kind of the biggest reason I had them so high. Because he, he, he
4: can be the difference maker. He, he can. Oh, he absolutely. Hasn't, hasn't as no. you got,
2: watch oh. as all of us being the the hockey nuts as we are, just watching him play the last few years, he's been freaking unstoppable. He it. It just doesn't help that he can't stay, stay healthy. healthy. And well, he and you
4: can have, say the same. Doesn't th- th- have a very good defense in front of
0: him. <laughs> well, and you can say the same thing about Carey Price too. I mean, look at him; he's an absolute monster of a goaltender. But go know? go past Shea Weber. I mean, he doesn't have anybody in front of him. Exactly.
3: Yeah. The um... yeah, my top three were pretty much, except for the Wild, were pretty much all just needed to be swapped around, like yeah. abs instead of being third, first.
4: Yeah, but going back to Gibby and um, talking about Carey Price. I mean, they say more in football, but. Defense wins championships. Oh, I absolutely. Mean, absolutely. Showing with Anaheim not having good defense, having a stellar goaltender. Yeah, well Montreal having a stellar goaltender and no defense.
2: I mean, to be honest, I wrestled all through high school and defense defense makes plays. Yeah. That's how it is. If you know, someone's trying to come at me and I do my defensive stuff right, you know, I can pin. timing out
4: perfectly would
0: make a, a great
2: offensive time, chance. In
0: sports like hockey, timing is everything.
2: Mm-hmm. Like
4: that's it's
0: like, waiting for
4: the guy to shoot. Okay, when am I gonna duck and get in front of his puck? When am I goalie? When am I gonna sh- throw my glove up there? This, even the shooter. When am I? Mm-hmm. When am I gonna perform like, this deep to get around and take a shot? You know, it's, well, I mean, like,
1: it, like doing the wrong thing at the wrong time could yeah. be could be you know, uh two points or a, a OT win versus oh, yeah. you know you you losing the fucking cup or you you get swept in the first round. Oh, and take so. it from a
2: goalie standpoint. It's uh, he's coming from the left. You, you know, I have a two-on-one breakaway. You yeah, have a man on my left, a man on my right. Who's going to pass to who? How am I going to react?
4: Is he going to pass? Oh, I think he's going to pass. Exactly. Boom, you slide over, he
2: doesn't pass, and you have one to do it. That's honestly, that's why. I, if I had to pick a favorite player on the ice, probably the goaltender. Honestly, yeah, I mean. Uh, I mean, it's just one of those things you are just so immaculate. Some some of my favorite players, to this day are goaltenders. Oh,
4: yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, all have a soft spot for Flurry, Vasilevsky, mm-hmm. Carey Price, Henrik Lundqvist.
2: Oh, yeah, just they do have a
0: uh, Well, he was not playing anymore, but Roberto Luongo. When, games, yeah. when, he, when was he, he was in the league. When he was in the league, he was a fuck. Oh, I mean, dude, he was a freaking animal when he was in the league.
4: He's currently, what, top three for all-time <laughs> yep. wins. Uh,
0: I think which, he's third. Uh, he's is he third. third? I think he is uh, uh,
4: Which That's one we were going to mention. What Marc-Andre Fleury just yeah. recently jumped into fourth place for all-time wins.
0: Yeah, I, again, the four wins,
1: uh, goaltenders. Pro Deer at 691. Uh, Wah Wah at 551, Luongo at 489, and Fleury at uh, 485, but these were stats based off of uh, Thursday the 15th. So obviously, uh, Fleury could have gotten another win in there, but... Do you think in the
2: next, maybe, well, I don't know if the Senators are probably out of the playoffs at this point, but do you think you can break that win record with the few games they have left? Flurry, do you think, do you think, Flurry's
4: not on the Senate either. Or not? I'm think,
2: yeah, I'm thinking of the wrong team. I'm sorry. <laughs> Still. But um, uh, with
4: Vegas, yeah, I don't know if he can get away with the first, but I can see him breaking second. I don't, I don't know if he's gonna catch up to Patrick Wall.
1: It's gonna be tough, cause you know, with his situation in Vegas. I mean, obviously he's a great counterpart. Another starter co- counterpart in Robin Nenner. So, if if he ends up staying in Vegas for the rest of his career, he's not he's not gonna break number two. But if he does go to another place that doesn't have a number one goaltender, a good solid number one goaltender, then yes, he can easily break that record. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Pittsburgh always has room to get a good goaltender back. But just so
1: just saying. So does every <laughs> other team. No, yeah. no,
0: Look like at places like Detroit. You know, who doesn't really have a. I you know again, and that would be a salary cap thing in its own because I don't, I really don't think Detroit could afford.
4: I'm saying nothing against the chart. I I just, I just can't picture Flurry in red. I, no, I, can't. I, I, I just, I'm a
0: de- I'm a diehard Detroit fan. I, I can't even see. I can't see Flurry between just, the pipes for us.
1: I, I think it just depends on the team, the salary cap uh space that Ethan mentioned, and you know but do they, do they have a good number one goaltender that they can rely on? Or but they
0: did. I feel like they did just kind of free up a little bit of salary cap space with yeah. with Mantha going to Washington. But, but keep, then they got back. But then they got Verona. Jacob Verona. Keep keep in mind that in the trade, I believe
1: Detroit does retain fifty percent of Manta's contract.
0: Okay. Ye,
1: so that it's sounds that think, sounds. Yeah. sounds yeah, it's usually fifty percent. Right. So so why
2: is that? Do they
1: J- just to soften the blow on you know, the other team oh, okay. and make the trade actually go through. Yeah, gotcha.
4: Just kind of get that last little that last, last little pinch for for I, the Capitals to. Like, I maybe, am yeah. super
0: stoked though that. At least I know Mantha went to a good team because oh, yeah. he de- he deserved it. I mean yeah. he was he was a phenomenal player and he was a very crucial part to the Red Wings' success. Like, well, uh, success. I,
4: I, even not even being just a moderate, just being a hockey fan in general, moderate, moderately falling to Red Wings, I was really shocked to see him go. Like I did not expect was, that trade to go down. Which I like, figured I know, I was they would have videos I, like Red Wings fans just going crazy, going apeshit that this trade went down. To be honest with you, I would have
0: seen them maybe taking. Before they took Mantha, I figured they would have taken. Honestly, I figured they would have taken Glendenning, Luke yeah. Glendenning, before they took uh-huh. Mantha. Yeah. All right.
4: All right, getting back
2: into this, we're gonna move on to our original predictions from the Central Division, Bobo. This one I struggled with a little bit, but I have starting from eight to one. Detroit, Chicago, Dallas, Nashville, Florida. Carolina, Tampa, and Columbus topping it off. I, I think we can all agree on the number eight seed in Central being Detroit. So
1: I think we just. I think we just kind of. I, I think you we just the look Ethan was giving us right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we can all skip on over. We love you, Ethan. I think we can all respectfully skip just, over I just the just number to eight Just take a scene. moment
4: and laugh at going back to week one. How we all kind of. Gave Bobo a look or kind of laughed at him for putting Dallas so low.
1: And now look at them. Yeah, look at them. They're pretty much
4: doing exactly what Bobo said. Like He said they're going to have a crash and burn year, and that's exactly what they're doing.
2: And I mean, that's honestly, especially with COVID, that's how a lot of teams are this year. Yeah. Look at Mm -hmm. Vancouver. And look at all the other, like you guys were saying earlier, the big five teams that... Had the rough COVID. Dallas it was unfortunately Jersey, one of New Jersey, they're at the bottom. Buffalo, they're at the bottom. Buffalo. Well, yeah. you, you kind
1: of expect that on teams like New Jersey well, and Buffalo. Buff-
2: but, I mean. Here's the thing. Buffalo's going to be scary in a few years. especially Buffalo,
4: if, on paper, they were a really good team on paper. Taylor Hall. Eric and, Stahl. You know, Curtis Lazar. Eric Stahl. I mean, um, what was, what's his, his name in that? Um, one that keeps getting injured. That's his
1: uh, damn name. Oh, um, Ly- not, not Linus, but... Uh,
4: uh, yeah, Landis Hallmark. Yeah, oh, he's be, yeah, he keeps Hallmark. getting injured. And, like He's probably their number one goalie, and he just keeps going down, and that's when they're losing all their games is when he's not mm-hmm. in the yeah. net. Well, well,
0: and it also doesn't help that, you know, Jack Eichel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, I mean.
2: He just doesn't have help around No. Well, I can honestly, with, you know, I know we're not on that division yet, but with Buffalo being how they are, if. They're going to be a scary force one of these years. I can just feel it. Ever since same with they got Detroit. their new coach, they,
4: they're, what, five? I think I just heard over during the Penguins-Sabers game this afternoon. They're 5-2-2 two, and two since they hired
2: their new coach. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm going to say the same with Detroit, going back to Detroit. They are going to be a force to be reckoned I with when mm-hmm. coming up.
1: Well, if you mm-hmm. de- – depend, hold on. It depends on what side Steve Eisman you see. Because if you see the side of Steve Eisman you saw in Tampa, then they're going to be fucking scary.
0: No. You know, they, but the they, likeliness of that happening is very <laughs> slim to none. But if you've ever seen the side of Stevie Eisner, that you see in Detroit, you have better luck getting hit by lightning on the back of a freaking unicorn. <laughs> 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 and it blows my mind, and as much as I hate to talk shit about my team, all right, because i if you couldn't tell from the last, you know, 13. 14 weeks that we've been doing this, I have a bias towards the Red Wings. No, oh, we couldn't tell. But the thing is, is back in his heyday, Steve Iserman was one of the greatest players to ever lace him up for the Red Wings. Hands down, no questions yeah. asked, I'm taking that to my freaking grave. You would figure him being a Red Wings alum, now the head coach of his alum team, you figure he'd be making moves that'll help him. No! <laughs> and it's just like... And be, and Detroit fans sit back and wonder why well, it'll get away. We crash and burn. And it's just like, well, look at our coach. Unfortunately.
2: Well, being a Detroit fan, do you see them getting rid of their coach and hiring a new coach?
0: No. Do you see that happening? No. That no. Happen? no. 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 Or
2: replacing GM and in Yeiserman instead of
1: instead of you know them to crash and burn like they have the past you oh, know ten
0: years. Yeah. They just they they can't they can't catch a break.
2: All right. Well, uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna we're
4: Let's yeah. move on to Jeffy. I was going to say, let's finish, finish the Roasting of Detroit and move on. <laughs> <laughs> I think
2: that's the episode name. <laughs> the Roasting of Detroit. The Roasting of Detroit. Um, coming in number eight,
3: Red Wings, Detroit. Seven was Florida, the Panthers. Six was the Hurricanes. Five was the Blue Jackets. Four was the Predators. Um. Three was the Stars, two was the Blackhawks, and number one, their defending champions in Tampa Bay Lightning.
4: Which that's looking like it's going to happen. Yep. Mine, I, wouldn't, I went out there because at the beginning of the season it was announced that Johnny Taze would be missing an extended period of time. I thought that would have a huge effect on Chicago. I had them in going all the way at the bottom in eighth place. Then I had Florida in seventh, which that's another mistake there. Detroit in yeah. sixth, obviously a mistake there. Uh, fifth, I had Columbus, and Carolina, Nashville, Dallas, and Tampa. You actually had some
3: faith in Detroit
4: this year. I I, I, so. I, I thought they're not going to be good, but they're going to be better than they have in years prior, which they have been. They are definitely <laughs> a lot better than they were last season. <laughs> I, mean, 20, 20.
1: <laughs> I mean, look at the standings now. I mean, instead of being you know, the basement team number thirty one, they're twenty six.
3: Uh
4: they they can't even get the first overall pick they can't even do that right man I know so for me no
1: going bottom bottom top Detroit
0: (laughs) (laughs) get it out of your system
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, then Chi-Town Carolina oh Eddie's these next three interchangeable Uh, Carolina Columbus Nashville Uh, then Florida Dallas and then Tampa Bay.
4: Yo, you had Florida going third.
1: Yeah, I had Florida going
4: third. Huh? I didn't, I I didn't think you would predict it that so high.
1: Yeah, it's just because of the, the middle three teams: Nashville, Columbus, uh, Carolina. Yeah. Could have all been all been there, and I I didn't think you know Chicago would be doing that good. Yeah, I
3: didn't.
4: Think or, I with mean, missing did. their you know captain, my captain. Ethan, so, I'm gonna take a guess on who you had in eighth place.
0: Oh, you aren't going to freaking believe it, man. <laughs> number eight, I had the Tampa Bay Lightning. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I actually had the bottom two bottom two seats correct in number eight, the Red Wings, number seven being the Jackets. Uh, number six, I had the Panthers. Five, I had Nashville. Four, I had the Stars. Three, I had the Canes. Two, I had the Hawks. And... Number one seat, I had the uh, defending champions in the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yours
4: yours wasn't that far off. Uh Yours wasn't terrible. What's what's the current central looking like?
2: Uh, The current central, from bottom to top, the Red Wings. (laughs) Uh, Red Wings, Jackets, Stars, Hawks, Preds, Panthers, Lightning, and Canes topping at number one.
4: Yeah, it was very. So Ethan was very close yeah. on that. The, yeah. The ones that are really surprising that are in that top four
3: are the Panthers. Yeah. I mean, I, Hurricanes. I expected them to be maybe like where the Panthers are. I mean, Predators are just make it in.
4: I would just go based off of the other teams in the division. I expected Florida. I didn't see them to do be a bad team just with how many good teams are in that Central Division. <clears throat> I, just I feel like the as high. As they I get.
0: really feel like the North and the Central are too. Well, I'm not taking any discredit from the East, but I feel like North and the Central are two of, like, really the hardest divisions in the league. Like the dark I, I, I think it it's tough to, ba- like, really base the North. Because, like,
1: yeah, the North has all the offense. Like, all the goal scorers. But, like, yeah. when you break it down, they have no defense. They have no goaltending. Right. I mean, each team will have one or two good blue liners. Maybe a good goaltender here and there. But outside of that, they don't really have
4: much. I think um, right. the-
3: one thing Bobo... Kind of got right this year with with the teams was the stars being lower.
4: That's what I said at the beginning. Like we all kind of <laughs> laughed at him and like called him crazy for putting them so low, putting the the yeah, reigning ra- runner ups.
2: <laughs> so I guess you can well, so low. Well, like I said, a lot of these teams, especially with COVID and injuries, you know, going back to what I was saying about Vancouver and Dallas having that crash and burn seasons with COVID, and that's mm-hmm. just the unfortunate thing about the NHL this year is just that virus is so nasty that once one person get it and they play, they shut down teams and, you know, next thing you know, half the NHL is on COVID protocol.
4: Alright, jumping into the final division. Bubbo, your original predictions from the
2: beastly east. Alrighty, from the east, bottom to top. Buffalo, Jersey, Islanders, Bruins, Fires, Rangers, Penguins, and capping it off, the Capitals.
4: And you, I'd say, switch out, switch out the Rangers and the Islanders, and you came pretty close. Yeah, you did almost spot on there, Jeffy. I, actually, for the
3: most part, I actually was pretty close. For the most part, I'll get that into this in a second. I had eight, number eight, um, the Devils, seven, the Islanders, six, the Sabers, five, Rangers. Four was the Flyers, three was Pittsburgh, and then two was the Caps, and then number one was Boston.
4: You were also very close. Just I you, just you guys didn't have any faith in the Islanders this year, man.
3: I ha- and I. Had apparently, a...
4: not there are another guy. team
0: that I think was really surprised has been really surprising this season.
4: I mean, She's Islanders. Yeah. Kinda I mean, like, what, I, they were a good team last year and in the year before. Just with this division, I didn't only playing teams in this division. I didn't see them ranking as high as they have. That's kind of where I, I that's, was. Well, that's kind of how I was ranked. Which I had them know? right in the middle at fifth, and I had the do- I also have the Devils in eighth, the Rangers in seventh, and the Sabers in sixth, and then Islanders at fifth. And the top four being Boston, Philly, Pittsburgh, and Washington. Yeah. And so my top three are almost spot on, almost just switch out Philadelphia and New York there. Yeah. The Islanders that is in New York, <laughs> not the Blue Coats because the Blue
1: Coats are the Blue Coats, and not not that good this year. But well, yeah. or any year, but, but yeah, yeah, I I had uh, Buffalo taking up number eights. I uh, the, the Devils, Blue Coats, the two French teams between Pittsburgh and the Islanders, uh, Philly, Washington, and Baston. I'm surprised you had Pittsburgh, so uh Bean Town. I. Going into the season, I thought that the top three teams for sure would have been Boston, Washington, and Philly.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Based being, off of last season. Be, yeah, yeah, based
1: off last season, how well those three teams are. You no, know, I thought Pittsburgh being a French team with the Islanders, they definitely would have been battling it out. Obviously, the season has proven... Much you know, different. different. Much different. Still, uh, Pittsburgh would have been a French team versus
4: the Islanders.
3: I think it's funny. I kind of like... Um...
4: I had a little bit of faith in Buffalo, and look at them. <laughs> I did two man. That's why I had them at six. I like, like I said before, they they were an amazing team on paper.
3: And and just
4: didn't
0: they just can't can't and deliver look, it on ice. And look at them now. Yeah, ja-
1: I, Jack Jackoff Eichel, Tater awful Hall. He's hawful. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he's hawful. Eric, you know, stalls to get friggin' moving.
3: I was really thinking Hall was gonna help Michael out a lot. On <laughs> 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 ah, very funny. Um, he was gonna help him out in that first one, but obviously, I honestly did I too, man.
4: Like I was, I had some hopeful f- to see a, a really awesome Heiko Hall line, and it just it didn't happen. Yeah. Ethan, how was your East looking?
0: So, I actually am kind of proud of myself about this one because I wasn't horrifically far off. So number eight, I had the Sabres. Seven I had the Blue Coats, six I had the Devils, five I had the Flyers, four the Islanders, three the Caps, two the Bruins, and one the Penguins.
4: Really right. yeah, That's close. Top the, four, I think you nailed. I think for the most part, this one was. We cut.
2: all kind of. East,
4: are we all. I think the East was all, all. We were all pretty close.
2: All right, you guys ready?
4: Yeah. All right,
2: bottom to top: Sabers, Devils, Flyers, Rangers, Boston, Isles. Pens and caps. The Flyers are in sixth.
1: Yeah, you know. with their loss to the Capitals and yeah, wow. yeah, and then the Rangers win.
0: I mean,
4: Rangers yeah, got to be a little happy about that. But I mean, <laughs> wow, that's shocking. I think especially yeah, the what they did last year, man. That's yeah. but again,
0: you, you got to look at you got to look at their players, and they're really their two main offensive players, being in Claude Giroux and Jakub Voracek. After that, they really don't have a whole lot of anybody.
1: Sean Couturier, mm-hmm. Nolan Pat-
0: uh Nolan Patrick. We got another you know
4: team uh, defensively outside of Shane Gostas Bear. Proverbs they don't have And
1: much. then I, I saw a saw solid goaltender tandem in Carter Hart, which is by far one of the best young goalies out there and oh, uh, measles, not this and, year though. He's well, well my, he with the,
4: excep- the statistically the worst goaltender in the league this year.
1: With with the exception of this season, you know Carter Hart, best young goaltender in the league, hands down. I don't think we can really argue that. And Brian Elliott, which provides some veteran experience in that. Carter Hart ain't that old, is he? He's 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 24,
0: 23? Yeah, he's our age. A little bit older than myself. I think that's the same with, uh, what's his name from uh, the Blue Cubs? Oh, Shesterkin. Igor Mm Shesterkin. Both
4: of them are pretty young. Yeah,
1: and then Jared Smith from Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh. Um,
4: All these teams that have young upcoming
1: Vassy, the guy in Washington, who's starting now. Samsonov, oh uh, no. uh, yeah, um, too. Vanessic. Now, looking at these goaltenders from the East, they're they're pretty young, so yeah. they definitely have some
0: promising careers ahead of them. Oh
1: yeah. I, I assume they don't shit themselves like Carter Hart this year.
0: <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, but I I like you said I kind of want to get sorry not to nope. cut you off Jeff I kind of want to give Carter Hart a little bit of the benefit of the doubt that this was a really <laughs> tough season across yeah. the whole yeah. league. For sure. Carter
1: Hart more like Carter Swiss cheese I mean am I right no okay cool moving on <laughs> but
3: kind of what they have, I'm one thing I'm a little surprised is how I mean looking back at what they did last year with making the Con the Islanders I was thinking kind of like what bonus said with the Stars they were gonna be um
2: fucking crashing and burning yeah
3: but surprisingly seeing them I, that high in the
1: in the standings.
3: In the standings, I would think they would be like kind of like the Rangers and the Flyers. They would be battling in Boston, battling for that.
1: For uh, as a, a as a French team versus a uh, definite playoff contender, or playoff spot.
4: Yeah. All right. Uh, last week we had answered a question from Quiz, Christopher <laughs> Williams, mm-hmm. uh, when he had said not so much of a what if, but a question that is definitely more than one opinion. Uh, Who is more responsible for the outcome of a team, whether it be the good or bad, the player called on to make the play, take the shot, pass the puck, or the coach who has paid the big big bucks for his leadership? He would love to hear our take on this question, which we, uh, four of us, answered, but Ethan was absent last week and did not. So I'm sure I am also curious, and I'm sure everybody else is curious to hear Ethan's opinion on this. You know,
0: and it can really go either way, because in the end the players who are called to make the shots, do the make the deflections, do all the basic to the play, in the end those are the ones who are actually scoring the points, but they aren't the ones that get they are only called on by the coaches and by the managers and by everything like that. So really if I were to say it were to lean more on one set of persons persons, one set of people's shoulders, I would say it'd be the coaching staff and the management. Because in the end, and follow me down this rabbit hole a little bit, if you really look at not only the NHL, but any sport, all these players are, are pawns in a massive game of chess. That's really all that it is. Because... The coaches are the ones who are writing the strategies, doing the training programs, writing the training regiments, and the players are the ones who are executing those training regiments and executing what they have learned. Not saying that there aren't players in the league now who stand out and do stuff and make the coaches go, wow, I can't believe I didn't think of that. That's a much more effective way to get get into the back of the net or get assists or whatever. Um... So I definitely believe it leans a little bit more on the coaching staff. And I really think that if you have a good quality coach, you have the potential to have a good quality team. Mm -hmm. It's just if you have a coach who continually falls short, or a manager, even past the coaching staff, and going up to upper management who are consistently falling short, and them being like well we don't need a we don't need a rebuild just yet or we Ah, fuck I don't know how I want to word this you know a lot of the coaches think we don't we're not ready for a rebuild just yet or there are some teams who I think rebuild even it, it's going to sound weird when i say it but they rebuild too early and they pull out all these big hits and big trades and big moves, whether it even be players that were already on the team and moving, say, their top-leading scorer down, all of a sudden he's down on the third line or second line instead of having him be up front. It's it's really kind of tough to make the call. It is But I definitely think it leans more on the coaching and the management staff because, in the end, they are responsible for the talent that is on the team. And they are responsible for either adding players or cutting players. And it's they really are like the game masters in the league. And the players are really the pawns. They're the sole I look at it as almost like a military aspect where the coaches and the management teams are like your high ranking generals and stuff like that and your players are your soldiers and they're simply there to carry out the missions that have been given to them by their coaching staff so that's kind of my take on it honestly
4: don't know if I could have worded that better myself that was was Uh, very heavily worded very Very. intelligently worded honestly Mm -hmm. if I could word it appropriately
2: like I said last week, I'm gonna agree with that because like I mean, pretty I, much we all pretty much yeah. came
4: down to the synopsis and agreed on it, it's the coaching. Uh, but, uh, the, but there have been some examples where coaching hasn't really mattered, such as Buffalo. No matter how many coaches they've gone through, they're not winning well, games. And they're the, not making well. The and
0: another thing, and again, coming from a military standpoint, you got to think about not only the physical game but the mental game that goes along with it. Yeah. Because and that goes with anything, whether it be in a sport or not. If you have managers or supervisors or coaches or whatever that don't do what they can to boost their players' morale and boost their, dare I say, self-esteem, self-esteem, then don't be surprised when they don't play their best. And don't be surprised when they fall short. It's because, you know... They need more coaches now going around be like, yeah, we're going to go into this game, we're going to kick ass, we're going to play the best game, we're going to play every game that we have this season like it's a playoff game. Like we're playing for a playoff spot. And I feel like if most teams, if all teams really adopt that energy from their coaching staff, we would have, not saying that the league isn't competitive now, but I feel like we would have a far more competitive okay. league than we would now.
4: Yeah, I'd say rather than two or three teams fighting for a playoff spot the final game, you'd have 10 to 15 teams battling for a final spot. and it would be,
0: that would make, I would say a borderline blockbuster playoff series.
4: Yeah, that'd be exciting. Uh, It would
1: be. Cough, cough, again, John Tortorella, cough, cough, Columbus. Yeah. So,
0: yeah.
4: Some of the toxicity.
0: Yeah, toxic leadership and toxic management leads to piss poor performance and that's literally anywhere you go whether it be in a sport whether it be in your day-to-day job whether it be anywhere if you have managers that treat you like shit and they don't uplift you and they don't set you up for success then do not they cannot be surprised when you fail yeah
4: that's my take on it very well
3: said
4: We've been discussing it some more, and we all have a little bit more to say more. Ethan has a lot more to add on real quick.
0: So, like, and as I said, where toxic leadership and toxic management does not lead to performance, and like these guys said, there's always, no matter what team you look at, there are always going to be at least two standout players. And there's a big difference between player performance and overall team performance. And that's why we need more players... And that's why, like, Leon Draisaitl and Connor McDavid have such great success in Edmonton. That's because their management allow, and their coaches allow them to step up as leaders. There are a lot of teams, unfortunately, where they have phenomenal leadership in them. Like, phenomenal leadership potential and capability. It's just, it's all suppressed by the coaches. I mean, look, look, at, look at Detroit. I mean, Detroit pinned Dylan Larkin. As their captain. And I think that has been the best move that they've made all season. Like, no questions asked. And, and they have gotten be- better. I mean, obviously,
1: they're still in a basement team. But, I mean, from 31st up to now 26th, I mean. And they
3: just have,
4: they, in the last few games, they've been having a win streak. Yeah, they've yeah, been doing they, really well the last Again, time. same with Buffalo. Like we said before, like ever since mm-hmm. they had their new coach, they've been 5-2-2s. Two collected 12 points. In the past and the only years. reason that
0: the Red Wings have moved up so quickly is because they've allowed Dylan Larkin to be a leader and prove his leadership capabilities because in the end he really is a team player and I'm not I'm really really trying and I'm genuinely not trying to be biased with it but he really is a team player even before he was pinned captain this dude was one of the I would go as far as saying one of the most selfless people on the ice mm-hmm.
2: I mean if I'm going to be totally honest here, I feel like a lot of these teams just have the they're just they have these reins way too tight on these players that can do so much better than what they're doing now
0: well and I've, that's why there are a lot well, of like big players like taylor hall and stuff mm-hmm. like that who wanted out of their team because and it's of that. because the management to go to because their management held him under their freaking thumb and it's just like dude i know what i'm doing yeah. i can do this i well, can I, lead i
1: think Buffalo's the prime example i mean you have, you have these you know phenomenal players they had eric stahl they had hall they currently still have eichel assume that he, he and gets jake up. mccabe who who are good players, but you know they ended up under think. under a team like, like Buffalo, where There's probably
4: something behind the scenes that nobody has seen that the management is probably just telling Taylor Hall, oh, no, 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 leave, leave it to Eichel, let Eichel run the team. He's the captain for a reason, and, and maybe that's why he wasn't. Which I and and because he you
0: know that's one of the things about the league, league that just really kind of pisses me off, is because you bring in all this young talent from these, uh, the 08. affiliate teams, and you expect them to perform and you expect them to lead that is the reason why they are drafted is because they show that they have excellent leadership they show that they are excellent top tier players in themselves but then they go to a team just to be suppressed by a manager or be suppressed by a team
2: captain i mean look at mcdavid he got drafted to the the edmonton oilers and he's doing freaking phenomenal and Since that's because the they, well, the yeah. they restrict, well, yeah, we're going to go back to McDavid, but they restricted his reigns. They're like, we saw what you did in the OHL, we saw what you did with the Otters, so we're going to let you keep bringing that vibe to us, and we're going to see what he, you he can do. He was new captain, what, his second, second year? year? Yeah. second year and, and it's, I feel like a lot of these teams, like I said a couple minutes ago, if they can just... Loosen these restraints on some of these players, like Hall and Eichel, back to what Collin said in Buffalo. If they can loosen some of these restraints and let these kids show what pure talent they have coming from the OHL, they're in the NHL for a reason. They're not, they're not sitting on their asses at home like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. They have their nose to the goddamn grindstone working their nuts off every fucking day of the week. And that's when you just got to let them show the talent. First of all, I get your point, Bilbo,
1: But chill out, man. <laughs> <on. laughs> Who got a little heated in that? Like, but like, like it's, but it's, like, it's uh, one of
2: those
0: <laughs> things that gets really, really irritating because you uh, you see these these young talents coming in, and you see, like when we got to see Connor McDavid back when he was in the minors, we knew that kid was a leader. Oh yeah. We knew he was he was a phenomenal player. We on knew the, he
4: was gonna be an NHL star. Like absolutely. When he well, when he wasn't, they were
3: calling him the next Sidney Crosby. And
0: he's really kind of proven that. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. He hasn't thrown the numbers that Sidney Crosby has. But he's also not been in the league as long as Sidney Crosby has. I mean, comparing, you know... Is, 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 for, is
4: he better than Sidney Crosby and Alex, well, Alex Ovechkin now?
0: No. It's, it's really tough. close. I say
4: no. I, as of right now... Give it three or four years. Oh, absolutely. Hold on. Com- compare, you know, Connor McDavid now
1: versus you know Alex Ovechkin or Sidney Crosby in their first to few years. yeah to this point in their careers, their first you know couple couple seasons in the NHL. They they do match up. I mean, obviously Ovechkin does have the uh, kind of the edge in goal scoring versus the other
0: two, but
3: it's
1: Ovechkin with his with the shot. I just but think I c- that.
0: Yeah, I just I really that's... think that management needs to release their reins on some of these key players. If they see that th- if they draft these guys because they have the management talent and the leadership talent, let them do it, because that's going to be the only way that I think they can fairly earn an A on their jersey or fairly earn mm-hmm. a
2: C. Like going back to McDavid, I was doing a little bit of research when he was with Erie. The three years with with the Otters, he put up two hundred eighty five points in three years. That's pretty damn impressive for being, for being 16. Under, 16. under the
4: age of eighteen. Yes. I said for
2: uh, he was like fifteen or sixteen he the when he was youngest. He was young daughter. Well, so he was fifteen general, when you know, he started.
4: When yeah,
1: he I believe he might season. have even been fourteen. I don't think he, he was that quite No, early. he was fifteen because he uh, got granted like young access or whatever the proper terminology was. So he was he he was able to start at the age of fifteen, and he's going up against you know eighteen, nineteen, twenty year old kids, and he was. Dan- he was dancing around them like they were freaking toddlers.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, it's, I mean, like, you know yeah, look like,
2: like put that in the aspects. I'm going to do another total point thing real quick. But yeah, for the three years he was with, in Erie, that's, like I said, that's insane to yeah. think about that. Mm-hmm. A 18 year old kid to look back and say, holy shit, I put 285 points. I put, I put points. up almost
0: 300. I was putting up almost 100 points a season. Yeah. All right. To,
2: uh, right. like, like name name
0: players besides Alex Ovechkin that can do that now, put up over 100 a hundred points. <laughs> <Connor, laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, I,
1: I I think like assuming that we were on an eighty-two game season this PS season, you know, McDavid was on on pace for you know one hundred twenty plus points. Oh, in easily 80, in, uh, in eighty-two games, you know, it's which is fucking nuts for for this
4: league. Do you think he can break a hundred, or do you think he's a little too far? I think he'll. He, com- I think
1: he'll come close. He'll. He'll break it. Uh, again, assuming he stays healthy. One, he stays healthy, and two, they they go back to the eighty two game season.
2: So McDavid, the five years with the Oilers, five hundred forty points so far. Wow, so far, that's and he's averaging over a hundred.
0: That's averaging over a hundred points a season. One, one point. Uh,
2: one point four. Uh, one hundred forty goals per season are 110 goals how old is Mick Math. Day 24 yeah. so he's a little older than all of us man. Jeez. and he has 580 yeah 540 points and counting Yeah. that's just I mean There's still, crazy 10-12 like, games left in the season too. Mm-hmm. 108 108 points per season
1: on average on average again that's that's insane
4: man what a player
3: Alrighty
1: everybody, that should do it for week fourteen of the Pusting Podcast. If you aren't following us on social media, Twitch, uh, tw- oh, actually now we're on Twitch and TikTok. Follow us at Buckbusters. At uh,
0: Buckbuster Pod on,
1: uh, on TikTok, TikTok. But at Buckbusters on Twitch. Obviously you all know the uh, the Facebook and Twitter page by now. If not, you know, what in the absolute buck are you guys doing?
3: Alright, thanks, guys! Yay! Yay! Yay!